on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. What is up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Episode 3 of Talk Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at @talkbaseball with one for L's. If at any point during the show you feel the need to respond, you can tweet at us and I'll reply as soon as possible. There are two other podcasts up on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and if you missed those, go ahead and go back and give them a listen. Today is Monday, June 11th, and today's show layout is going to be a little bit different than the last two podcasts. The last two were basically analysis on games and how I felt the College World Series was going to work out, but today's show is going to be more opinion-based, and I think that it'll be a particularly good show for you guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about video review, something that I have despised since they added it to the league. We're also going to talk about the face of Major League Baseball, and then we will end up ending it off with how crazy the Super Regional games were last night because that was wild. So let's just jump right into this. Something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now is that the MLB needs to seriously consider the removal of video review, at least in the regular season. Video review has made the game less entertaining. Now hear me out here. I understand that video review makes perfect sense on paper. You get every call right, you play the game the right way, everything's perfect. However, baseball is a little bit different than other sports. Human error from umpires is something that players need to learn to play with and is a major part of the mental toughness side of baseball. Players need to learn to get past the errors made by the umpires, and with video review, we don't really get shown the true character of players. In lower competitive levels of baseball, it is a good attribute for a player to be able to handle bad umpires, and I think that that needs to come back to the league. We still have humans calling strikes and balls, which is a plus, because pitchers and catchers are still able to work with their umpires to get calls. But if we continue down this path of electronic calling, we're going to end up having machines calling balls and strikes. Also on paper, machines calling balls and strikes makes sense, but really all this does is makes it impossible for pitchers to be dominant. You can't form a relationship with your umpire, and you can't work an outside slot that you're getting all day and then know that you don't have the inside corner. It's just you can't have machines calling balls and strikes. And if you have machines calling balls and strikes, that means that you're just pounding the zone every single pitch, and these hitters know exactly what's coming and where it's coming to. However, if we are going to continue with electronic calling, it needs to be all or nothing. We can't just keep some of it with video review. Eventually, if our main focus is to be 100% with the calls made in the league, it needs to be 100% in all aspects. We can't just decide, hey, we need 100% of the in-the-field calls right, but at the plate, we're going to leave that up to a person. That doesn't make any sense. Not to mention, if we go back to no video review, we go back to managers kicking dirt and spitting on umpires' faces. And let me tell you, there's nobody I know who doesn't love that. And since Manfred is so damn focused on getting viewers, if we go back to no video review and coaches start fighting umpires again, then that'll definitely help his viewership. 
Also, Manfred keeps trying to speed up the game in any way possible. If we get rid of video review, we get rid of these five minutes of stoppages that happen a couple times a game. Now, I understand five minutes, not a whole lot of time. But this is also the same guy who made it so that we don't have to throw four pitches on an intentional walk. Also, umpires need to go back to being confident in their calls and standing their ground. They need to stop being pushed around by managers and coaches. Oh, can you go talk to the other guy? Um, can we get a review on that? No, that's dumb. Umpires need to be confident in their call. Now, all of this being said and put together, I'm not a monster. I do feel like if we have video review available, we can use it in big games in the playoffs and the playoff races to get the calls right. I just don't feel like we need it in every single game in the regular season. It's just not as fun to watch. You know who played the majority of his career without video review? Derek Jeter, and he did pretty well for himself. Derek Jeter was the face of baseball for 20 years, and when he retired, he left a hole in the MLB that has yet to be filled because right now there is no face of Major League Baseball. Now, I was having a friendly argument with some of my buddies. One of them said that Bryce Harper is the face of baseball, which is impossible for more than one reason, no matter how hard the MLB tries to advertise him as such. And my other buddy said that Mike Trout was the face of baseball, and let's just start off with him about how he's not the face of the MLB. Now, Trout has all the stats to be the face of baseball, but he's just not, at least not yet. Trout has a lifetime average of 306 with 220 bombs in his seven years with the Angels, not to mention the amount of highlight reels, web gems, and sports center top tens that he's made by his fielding abilities. But that being said, I feel there are two major reasons that Trout is not the face of baseball and isn't advertised as the face of baseball. The first one is Trout is not a flashy ball player. Trout plays the game 100% the right way, and in today's world, that's not idolized or praised. When he hits a home run, he doesn't pimp it, he doesn't do a bat flip, and if he does anything, he just admires it for a second or two and then drops a bat and trots around the bases. And the baseball community fan base likes to see flashiness. Let's go back to the year the Batista bat flipped to the moon. The entire baseball community went berserk for months, and the bat flip is still talked about. And Jose Batista is not even good anymore. The majority of the baseball community likes to see players flip their bats, show up pitchers, and take 45 seconds to trot around the bases, and that's just not how Trout plays the game. It's also why I feel the MLB hasn't advertised Trout as the face of baseball like they did with Jeter. Now, Jeter wasn't flashy, but he played in a different generation when just being an all-star player made you the face of baseball. The second major reason that Trout is not known as the face of the MLB is because he's on the Angels. Trout's on a team that has never really been a serious contender to go deep into the playoffs. The entire world of sports is way too focused on rings and championship championship wins. You can see it in basketball with Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Um, you see it in stereotypical Yankees fans who say they have 27 rings, so they're so much better than you. But since the sports world is so focused on players having a certain amount of championships like one player would make big enough a difference to win a championship, especially in baseball. One player cannot make a big enough difference to win a World Series. But since the sports world is so focused on players having a certain amount of championships, then Mike Trout will not be advertised as the face of baseball until he is on a team that wins a World Series, which could be a while because I don't see him leaving the Angels. It's also another reason Jeter was the face of baseball for many of his years as a Yankee because he was on a team that was extremely dominant at the time. I feel that Trout should be the face of baseball, but the way the world works today, it's just not happening anytime soon. Now let's move on to why Harper cannot be the face of Major League Baseball. 
Harper's a touchy subject. People either absolutely love the guy or despise him with every part of their body. At least where I'm from, I'm from Vegas, which is where Harper was born and raised, so people have some pretty strong opinions on him. Now, I feel that Harper won't be the face of baseball anytime soon, strictly because of the way he acted in his early years as a player. Just a year ago was the infamous helmet throw where Harper threw his helmet at the pitcher and it shot straight towards first base and then he ran out the mound and they exchanged some punches. It was a good fight. It's fun to watch, but it's bad for the brand. But that kind of attitude is what keeps him from being the face of baseball. As of now, he's cleaned up his act a little bit, but a part of me feels like that's just because his free agency is coming up after this season. It'll be really interesting to see how he acts after he signs his huge contract he's about to get in this offseason. Now, I do feel like Major League Baseball is trying really hard to get him to be the face of baseball, but so many people dislike him that he doesn't have the respect that Derek Jeter had when he was the face of baseball, and they're not going to let them advertise him as such. Now, I'd like to end this podcast by talking a little bit about the college super regionals that went down yesterday because college baseball is freaking crazy. We got to watch two extra inning games yesterday. Cal State Fullerton and Washington went into the 10th, and Vanderbilt and Mississippi went into the 11th. Cal State Fullerton versus Washington was a wild game to watch. The Washington pitcher was perfect through six and ended up giving up five hits with four and runs and 8.2 innings pitch, which means in three point or no in 2.2 innings, Cal State Fullerton took a kid who was perfect gaming them five hits with four and runs. That's crazy. Long story short, if you missed the game, you missed one hell of a baseball performance. Fullerton scored three in the ninth to take their first lead of the game, four to three. And then Washington quickly responded to the bottom of the ninth to tie it up to put the game into extras. Fullerton then scored one in the top of the tenth to pull ahead, but some costly errors in the bottom of the tenth made it possible for Washington to walk them off with a sack fly and send them into Omaha. Now, as wild as the Fullerton-Washington game was, the Vanderbilt-MSU game was even wilder. I was flipping back and forth between these games last night. This game went in the ninth, tied 3-3, and then some timely hitting in the top of the ninth made it so MSU scored three, pulling ahead 6-3. And then the first batter for Vanderbilt in the bottom of the ninth showed that they weren't done by hitting a solo shot to dead center. Then a single and another homer tied it up 6-6 to propel them into the 10th inning. Now, I feel it's important to say that I think the announcer said that Vanderbilt hit 19 home runs in this tournament, which is just unreal because they played six games. In the top of the 11th, Mississippi State scored four to make their lead 10-6, and then Vanderbilt ran out of luck in the 11th, and Mississippi State was finally able to hold on and got the victory and the dog pile to send them into Omaha. Mississippi State has a first-year coach, who actually replaced the head coach three games into the season, and he led them into Omaha, and congratulations to him and the whole MSU team. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Jake Mangum's post-game interview. I had literal goosebumps watching this. I was rooting for Vanderbilt, as you guys know, because I predicted them to win, but this kid's reaction is the reason that people play baseball. He was passionate and showed his true love for the game and for his team. He was drafted by, I believe, the Yankees and the Mets in the last two years, but he's going back for his fourth year to play at Mississippi State next year, and this kid has a big-time future. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Baseball. Once again, we're on Twitter at @talkbaseball with ones for L's. If you have any responses to the podcast, you can tweet at me and I'll reply. I've been doing this podcast every other day. But I'm trying to make up a schedule for when the podcast will be released. It'll probably be something like every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Maybe one day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
but I'm not 100% sure. Once the schedule is confirmed, I'll announce it on Twitter, and also it'll probably be announced on the next podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in. This is Talk Baseball. Burn on.